beautiful people. This is episode six of Banter Motivation. I am Iyamide. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. Yes, no exceptions today because, guys, I almost wiped myself out yesterday. So everybody gets a greeting. I do, however, have a warning for those who misbehave. And start blaming it on youthful ignorance slash childhood foolishness. Well, you did the same thing last week, last month, last year. So at this point, it seems to me like you are just foolish. It's not anything about childishness. You are just foolish. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a good week so far. Happy new month. You made it to August. Congratulations. This will be a short episode. Last week was really long, guys. So my apologies. The gist was too sweet. There will be only one main discussion topic today, which is on prenups, prenuptial agreements. And then I will share some interesting stories slash news finds that I gathered from the week. Little snippets here and there, you know, something light. Highlights. So help me God, because I get carried away easily. Anyway, let's get into it. So, two things that I learned this week. One, Alexa is rude. I'm sure most of you knew this. Sometimes I'll say something and Alexa will be like, let me, let me, what's that thing she said? Just so I, I understand you, did you, did I do what you asked me or something weird? I don't know. I'm like, mm, that was pretty clear. Something simple like Alexa was the time. I don't know if it's my accent. Honestly, I don't know. To be fair though. For whatever reason, I don't know why. I keep calling Alexa Alexis. I don't know why. I keep calling Alexa Alexis. And I notice that whenever I say Alexis, she'll pause, but then not respond. Which, if you think about it, makes sense. But then why is she pausing? Like, she pauses like she's actually going to do what I ask. So a lot of times it's, you know, turn off the alarm or whatever. And she'll pause. And next thing the alarm will keep going. I'm like, seriously? And then I realize, okay, whatever, it's Alexa. It's weird also because Alexa, Alexis, like, it's the same Alex, right? So for a human being, once you already hear Alex, you already know someone is talking to you or referring to you. And you will probably already start responding. But I actually love the fact that Alexa is like, mm, try again, sis. Talking to somebody, but it's not me because... Hey, that's not my nomenclature. That's not my name. That is not what I am known by. If you are African, Nigerian, you probably have that issue if you live in the abroad where people mispronounce your name. Some don't even try. Some like say something totally different, totally off. Sometimes it's even a curse. Who knows? And I don't understand why. Because it's probably like here in America. These people will watch Game of Thrones and be able to pronounce these difficult, you know, European names and places. There are all these like football players or basketball players who they draft from, you know, abroad to come play here. They'll have all these complicated names, all these consonants with no vowel in the middle. And these people will be able to pronounce it literally like they are saying Tom or Rachel. But come with your African name and they're like, mm, yeah, can I call you? No, you can't. Like, who are you? Who do you think you are? Are you my parents? Like, am I your pet? What do you mean? No, you can't call me. I feel like we need to start demanding, this is my name. Please learn how to pronounce it. This is what it means, if that helps you. If you suggest a short form, I think that's okay because you suggested it, it's your name. 
But when they suggest like, ooh, that's going to be a mouthful. Can I call you? <laughs> no, Susan, you cannot call me. Whatever you decide, you will call me by my full name as I have pronounced it to you. Thanks and God bless. For me, it's easier because my first name is an English name, so people get that. But when I was growing up, when I was in secondary school, my goodness. Divine, Stevin, Stefine. All kinds of things. People will call me Jennifer, call me Tiffany. Like, come on, guys, what's happening here? What's going on? Are you just throwing out English names? So it was kind of weird for me. And obviously, everybody else got their name almost always pronounced correctly because, you know, it was more traditional names people were used to. So here, the case is the reverse because Stephanie is Stephanie. I mean, I had a professor in college that used to call me Emily. He was from Greece. So I don't know what that was about, but yeah. Apart from that, everybody usually gets my name on the first try so let's try and be like alexa don't answer to what your name is not no matter how close they get if they don't get it right don't respond second thing i found out kovik19 has turned me into a blob of mush yes so a few weeks ago i talked about trying to get you know in shape stay active all of that i didn't really do anything about it i'm not going to lie I'm one of my friends that I've kind of seen on and off during this whole COVID times. A few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, she was like, oh, you've lost weight. I was like, oh, really? Okay, cool. I don't have a scale. So if you say so, sounds good to me. And I saw her again and she was like, ah, you've lost weight. What are you doing? I was like, wow, okay, I've lost weight. So I was happy with myself. I'm like, well, there's nothing to prove it. But if someone is telling me I've lost weight, then why would she lie, right? Where's that coming from? So I take that. Guys, I'm like, you know what? I try to do the whole take a walk. It is so hot, like a hundred degrees and rising. I'm like, no, hellfire is not meant for me. I'm not going to take the practice test now. I will stay indoors. And I'm very, very, very like sensitive to heat. So I'm like, I don't want to pass out on the streets. I've had that experience before. It was not nice. Still recovering. Let's not do that. Talking to another of my friends, and she said she's been doing high intensity workouts from YouTube. They're free. Obviously, you can do that in the comfort of your house, rest when you want to. Like, okay, sounds good. So I queued it up, put it on TV. Okay, before that, let me rewind. I went to the store. I got a workout mat, yoga mat, whatever I want to call it. You know, so I was ready yesterday, put on my, you know, workout clothes that I've had for God knows how long and I've probably been using to do random things. Like I'll wear that and do like house cleaning for whatever reason, you know. Anyway, on a workout. So. I put that on, the thing starts, I'm like, okay, ah, this is cool, this is not that difficult, it's supposed to be 30 minutes, you know, I'm working out, I'm working out, I start noticing myself, like, you know, panting, like, okay, this is getting hard, and, but we're getting somewhere, right, so, you know, little victories, next thing I hear the girl that's doing the thing say, this is just the warm-up, I was like, eh, warm what, <laughs> okay, this is going to be more difficult than I expected. We keep going, we keep going. Guys, I'm panting. Like, you would think there was a dog in my house. I was like, <gasps> so I crawl to get some water. I'm like, okay, let me take it easy. You know, get my own pace, do things at my own, you know. I kid you not. Next thing, I was on the ground. I was like, you know what, sis? You keep going. I'm with you in spirit. Just by watching, my muscles are working out. <laughs> I just could not hang. So I'll like lay there when I feel like, okay, I can rise up. I'll get up, do like, you know, a little bit, fall flat. After a while, I say, you know what? 
this is just going to be one of those A for attendance. Like, <laughs> A for attendance. At least I tried. Then she kept saying, if it's not a challenge, we don't want it. I'm like, who told you, my sister? Who told you? Like, are you trying to kill me? Who told you? But we finally made it to the end. Let's just say we, because community efforts, me, mostly on the floor. But we made it to the end and she was doing some cool down exercises, which I was like, okay, stretches and all that. I was, you know, alive at that point. Feeling some burning pain in my legs, but not too horrible. And then she was like, if you enjoy this, say, hey, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fun. But really, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is not me. This is ridiculous. I really have let go. So I'm going to keep trying. It was actually fun. Like after the fact, I was like, OK, at least I did, you know, something physical today. My feet were killing me by today. I'm like, oh, my God. This is not cool. So I'm going to try and keep doing it and, you know, be consistent. And I want to get to the point where I can do the full 30 minute high intensity workout and be, you know, still asking for more, if you want to call it that. So those are two lessons that I learned this week. Now, you guys will say I didn't ask about mental health. I forgot about mental health. It's not possible. We're getting to it. I actually have a <laughs> kind of fun story about, actually, it's not fun. I take that back. Interesting is the word. So the cops in Aurora, Colorado, pulled over. I wouldn't even say pulled over because they were not in the car. Surrounded a car, guns drawn, and brought out everybody who was in the car. It was a black family. There were six people in the car, four kids, two adults. So a woman, her sister, her daughter, and her nieces. So the kids were six, 12, 14, and 17. So you can imagine like the chaos, guns drawn, police telling them, drop to the ground, put your hands behind your back, you know, don't resist, whatever else they say. And the kids were screaming. Like there's actually videos of the kids screaming and crying. A six-year-old and the 12 year old were screaming for their mom. Of course, they wouldn't let them move or go near the mom or touch the mom. They handcuffed every single one of them, including a six year old. You guys, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six year old is probably what, well, maybe starting first grade this September. And all that chaos was going on. The adults were like, what is going on? We didn't do anything. What is this about? There has to be a mix up, you know. Police, you know how these people like, they like to flex, you know, muscles, bad guys. Don't say anything. Keep quiet. All that noise, all that noise. Pretty much saying that the car was stolen. So they had information saying that that car was stolen. And the information they had, the license plate number and the description matched, you know, the car. And that's why this whole arrest was going down. Well, 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 my fellow <laughs> people, believe me when I say I was shocked and confused, annoyed. When the police now turned around and said, oh, sorry, guys, handcuffs off. It was a mistake. And you might be saying mistakes happen. You know, they're just doing their job. Yes, true. But the actual car that they were supposed to be looking for was one, not a car. It was a stolen motorcycle. Seriously. Are you telling me that if somebody loses or their motorcycle gets stolen? The part of the description would not say motorcycle. Mind you, this is happening in Colorado. The motorcycle license plate is in Montana, two different states. 
So how or where or why exactly was there a mix-up? Do you see what I mean? Like, even if you did, for whatever reason, assume that that is the car, you stopped, you saw kids inside, you would have put the kids to the side, taken the adults to say, hey, this car, you know, ask a question, say something. You don't just draw your guns on little kids, on a family, in a strip mall parking lot, you know, cars are around, people are recording, all this chaos, the kids are screaming and crying. And, and it makes me wonder, right? If race has to do with it, I actually believe it does. Because a lot of times when you see like news or stories or whatever, and there's some arrests going down and there are minors in the car, even if they are not as young as six, if they are minors in the car, a lot of times they will pull them out to the side and ask, are you okay? You know, are these your parents? Who is this person to you? If you really did think that this car was stolen, then what's to think that the kids in the car were not kidnapped? Do you see what I mean? Like, why are you arresting them? Even if their parents stole a car, why are you putting a six, 12, 14 year old in handcuffs? Like what role did they play in that car getting stolen? These were girls. What threats are they to you? What do you think? They, I mean, this thing is absurd. It really is absurd. And to me, what is so annoying is now that city of Aurora, they came out, they gave some kind of crappy apology and they're saying they're going to give free mental health assessments and counseling to the kids because of what they went through. First of all, first of all, most people who work for the city are underpaid and overworked, especially with everything that's been going on with COVID-19. People have been calling in, people have been seeking help. These people are overworked and they're not really paid that well or that much. So now you've messed these kids up and you want to solve the issue or the problem by giving them some crappy assessments and help. I don't want that. I want money. Give them money. Pay them money. Apology, sure, great, good, but pay them money and a lot of money at that so that next time or whatever training, and what's annoying is they always come out and say, yeah, this is the way we train our officers just in case. I don't care how you train people. There's always exceptions. There's always a matter of assess the situation on ground. You've ruined these kids. You've wrecked their lives. You've maybe not wrecked their lives, but you messed them up, really. Now, what's their opinion supposed to be about the police? Everything they keep hearing, you've made it true. They're, who knows what their mind is going to be thinking now every time they see a police officer, when they get in the car, when they go out in public, these videos are everywhere. I'm sorry, but please give them their money, pay them a good amount of money, get them a high profile therapist, and we can talk from there. Anyway, on to prenups. So, Dr. Dre, you guys know Beast by Dre, and his wife are getting a divorce. Really sad, really, really sad. I don't know what the details are, but they said irreconcilable differences. When people say that, I feel like that's just a catch-all. It literally could be, eh, your snoring annoys me, I can't take it anymore. Or it could be, you know, I don't know, I feel like if it's infidelity, they'll say it's infidelity. So when they say irreconcilable differences, I guess it's all the other things that build up into, you know what, this is not working anymore. Peace out, you know, peace to the Middle East, I'm out. So anyway, they got married in 1996. They have two children. One that's 23, one that's 19. So there are no minors involved. The kids are adults. Now, when they were going to get married, Dr. Dre made her sign, her name is Nicole, made her sign a prenup, prenuptial agreement. They haven't released the exact details of what the terms are, but pretty much the way prenups work, somebody has money. Sometimes both people have money. They want to protect their interests and make sure that if things were to go south, they will not lose all their money, lose all their fortune. So they write already, stipulate, these are the terms, this is what's going to happen. 
some of them say, you know what, if you ever leave, you get, it's like a fixed sum. Some will say for every year that we're married, you get, let's say like a million dollars. So for every year we're married, you get a million dollars. So if you're married for, I don't know, 50 years and you leave, you get 50 million. If you're married for half a year and you leave, I don't know if they do partial payments, but you get the picture. Anyway, a lot of times, unfortunately, the prenup favors one person against the other. So if the guy has money, the woman doesn't have money, prenup is pretty much a, mm, yeah, you just can't take my money. If you leave, you get a lot of times nothing or really little. Sometimes it makes sense or you understand if, if you know, maybe 72 year old guy, you're married to something, you're a woman, let's not lie, it's not love, person's after your money, you'll die soon, they'll inherit all that, they'll live their best life, they'll get married to somebody else with your money, enjoy, you know, a new life. So I can see that person trying to be conscious or cautious or whatever. But in a case where you're marrying someone who is, you know, they're not suffering, but they're not, you know, on your level. What is the point of the purpose? I don't know how to put it right. Because you're going in, you're saying for better, for worse. So I assume that you're both hoping this thing will work. And yes, you have to be realistic that it might not, especially if you're in entertainment, you're, you know, sports star, actor, actress, you know, all of that. You're in public eye, you're making big money, you're a big name. You maybe don't know what that person's intentions are. You don't want to get messed up or screwed over. What happens though, when that person comes, they've proven themselves, they are there for, you know, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. Don't you think that that person deserves something for all that time that they were there? So in this case, Dr. Dre made her sign a prenup. Pretty much was like, if you don't sign, we're not getting married. The wedding is off. She was like, you know what? This is crap. I think it's crap. It is crap. But I love you. I'm not here for fun and games. Sorry, I'm here for fun, not games. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, you know, do what we need to do. So she went ahead and she said that at some point, he, you know, some years in, he's like, you know what? This woman is real. She's down with me. My ride or die. He tore up the prenup. We're not going to need this. We're cool. Well. In June, they file for divorce and Dr. Dre is like, oh, good thing we have a prenup. She's like, what are you talking about? You tore the prenup up. He's like, mm, I don't know what your memory is telling you. No such thing happens. The prenup stands. Now, remember, she's been there for 24 years. They have two children together. He's made, obviously, money from selling, you know, making bits by Dre, whatever, selling it to Apple, all of that stuff. I think $3 billion or some amount. I don't know that he said he made. So he's flushed with cash. He has money. Now he's saying, because their kids are grown, of course, there's not going to be any child support, but he's saying you can give her something as far as spousal support, which is usually just a token sum or amount, and then they have to follow their prenup. And I think if someone was with you for 24 years, you know, ups and downs, some people look at it and say, well, he was out there hustling, working, designing, maybe singing, recording, managing artists. What was she doing? Is that subject or that topic of unpaid labor of women and that not being factored because there's no monetary value? I don't know if she was a housewife. It says she's a lawyer. I don't know if she was practicing, not practicing. But two people, it's very difficult for two people to be high flying and be out there and all over the place. That's why a lot of high profile marriages don't work because both parties are running after their own thing, chasing their own career. Nobody's there, nobody's home to take care of the kids, to watch what's going on, to kind of be that balance, right? So somebody's flying here when the other person is flying there. When I'm home, you're not. This one is working late. This one is traveling. 
there's just a lot going on and it's really difficult to maintain a good balanced relationship especially when you have children most times it falls to the woman if she's not the high flying one if both of them are high flying or the guy is already you know moving up in his career a lot of times it falls on the woman to kind of take a step back tone down her own career either do something where she can work from home take reduced hours or totally just become a full-time stay-home mom so that the man has that privilege and freedom to really you know go far and wide and whenever he comes back the home is intact everything is okay she's carrying all of that so she's the one going to all the sports games helping with homework all their relationship issues mental issues health issues you know everything else going on she's physically present there being the parent and a half see what i mean so what value do you place on that and how does that factor into a prenup okay maybe she doesn't need to get half of you know whatever you have which is cool, which is fair, but it should still be a chunk, a good sizable amount for her to still live a good life of the same standard and going forward. Think about the fact that for 24 years, she's been on the back burner. Maybe let's say not 24. What if it's just, you know, 20 years, let's say, or 18 or 19 or whatever the number you want to call it. She's been on the back burner. That's still a long time. If you've been out of work or you've been out of the corporate circle, you haven't really been moving up in the corporate ladder. Every time they're like, oh, we need someone to travel for this conference. You're like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't. My kids are home. My husband is not around. They'll keep passing you up, up for promotions. That's true. People know you're not really that dependable. You're not that reliable. Yeah, at this job, but this is not really your focus. You're just here to work, have a job, but you're not ready to go over and beyond and do the things that will push you up or propel you to become a leader in that company. So. You've been sacrificing or almost self-sabotaging. If you've been home, even worse, because you've been out of the workforce, you've been out of touch, you're still on Windows 2, whatever that is, if there was ever a Windows 2. But you see what I mean? You're so far, like a thousand updates behind. You can't just wake up and say, you know what, let me dust my resume and go. People are going to be like, excuse me, did you, like, were you in a coma? What happened for 20 years? So that person has already given up a lot of earning power, a lot of, you know, growth opportunity, a lot of promotions. And then now you're telling them, well, that sucks, but uh, peace up, a town down. I'll give you a token. You know, here's five dollars. I mean, it's not five dollars, but you see what I mean. Here's five dollars. Go buy, you know, coke or something. Like, yes, it's more than five dollars for a bottle of coke. But how much change do you really have left? So that is what the situation is. And I feel if you love somebody, if you care about them, yes, you'll be sad if things don't work out. Yes, you'll be hurt, but. What does it pay you to deprive them of something? Like how much money is he really going to spend in this lifetime? I know he has four other kids that are not from her. I think one is late, so three other kids that are not from her. And of course, he, I don't know if he plans on sharing the wealth with them, spreading it, if he's keeping it for, okay, I don't know who the next person I'm going to marry or be with. But that woman has paid her dues. She has served her time. And I believe that she should be compensated accordingly. What do you guys think? What do you feel? What is your thoughts on um, having a prenup do you think it's also part of this whole power imbalance men versus women what do you feel how do you understand it would you get a prenup if if let's say tomorrow you became you know a big name you started making mad money would you get a prenup do you think you need to protect yourself let me know i'll put up a post on instagram advance motivation let's continue the conversation there Personally, for me, myself, I, and I, 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 I don't see the point. If I'm not comfortable with someone, like if I don't trust somebody's intentions, sorry, let me just stay by myself. See what I mean? 
if at all there was something that I was just like, hmm, you know what, let me still, I will put at least a clause. Like, you know, if we get past 15 years, we get past 20 years, all is well that ends well. Like you've paid your dues, you've done your time. It's fair, it's fine. You can get, you know. On the other hand, a lot of guys are very patient. Nigerian guys, African guys are very patient. You see these people deceiving somebody's daughter, a daughter of Zion, minding her business, living her life, deceiving her, playing the role, acting the part, doing whatever it is just to get what they want, what they need. A lot of times you see that with like green cards or citizenship or, you know, whatever, maybe some inheritance that she's getting. And once it hits or clicks, they just flip a light switch. And I know it goes the other way. There are women like that too who are super patient and they're calm. A lot of times it's really difficult for women to really be, you know, that patient and draw it out for 10 years. Maybe the most they'll do is they'll, they'll act, they'll act. When they get married, they're like, you know what, I'm married. Let's take off the waist trainer, let everything, you know, push out, pull out, see the real me. So I don't know. But personally, praying up is a no for me. Now, you guys will say, I didn't mention COVID-19. I didn't talk about it. Has it left? Has it taken a flight? Has it gone to Mars? Is it on vacation? The devil doesn't take a day off. COVID-19 has refused to take a day off. It is still on and kicking. Guys, irrespective of that, black people, my fellow black people, are cutting up and acting out. Two mansion parties, one in Jackson Township, New Jersey, which, if I might add, is supposed to be the richest zip code in New Jersey. So they have mansions, they have amazing, huge houses with pools and grounds and all of that. 700 people, not 10, not 100, not 200, not 500, 700 people gathered in a pool party or gathered at a pool party. Before I start speaking the English, that is not correct. In a mansion for a pool party. 700 in the same tight space. 700 black people. They were all black. Blackity black, 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 black. Some light skin, some dark skin, but still all black. In the middle of a pandemic, guys, 700 people, no masks. Honestly, I don't know. Apparently, they were even charging up to $1,000 for people to come to this event, saying, okay, there's free food, there's alcohol, there's DJ, and people were running there. Now, what is crazy about this is, this wasn't even the first one. It wasn't like, hey, we've been holed up this whole time. Let's just let loose once. No. Apparently, it's been since May, on and off. They'll have a party. The neighbors will complain. They'll stop. They'll have a party. Neighbors will be like, there's noise. They'll stop. Unfortunately, because it's private property, police can't go in there and like, hey, you know, cut this off, do this, do that. They can only, you know, stay outside, you know, bless sirens, maybe kind of wait to see if something bad will happen and that will give them probable cause to go in. Do you know how ridiculous that is? And I think that's why Americans are so, my right, my right, I'm not wearing masks because it's my right to not wear a mask. They can be misbehaving and the law will be watching them and just allowing them, you know, leeway, leeway, leeway till they enter the highway and car will jam them or trailer will jam them. So literally something bad has to go on for the police to have probable cause to go in there. So anyway, these black people have been cutting up on and off since May. They did, they did, they did until ambulance. I don't know how much fun they had. If somebody fell, if somebody hit that person, whatever was happening, an ambulance came, I had to take that person away. Now, this is an Airbnb. 
It's not even like this is someone's house and they invited their friends. People are legit going on Airbnb, renting this mansion, calling, I mean, who? I don't know if it's all your church members, people you went to school with, your neighbors, people on the streets, how you are getting the whole Black Calvary to come in there. Even doing shuttles, like shuttles from Brooklyn, from here, from there. They had cabanas. It's like Miami, Vegas, you know. They're going all out. People were paying up to $1,000, black people, to go into an event, party, no mass, no social distancing. These people were giving prizes for twerking and literally was just a whole mess. As if that is not enough. In Los Angeles, another mansion pool party in Beverly Hills, another Airbnb. I don't know if there's a manual. I don't know if there's a memo going around. I don't know if there's a WhatsApp group that we were not invited to. Same thing. That one wasn't as many people, thankfully, but it was still a lot of people cramped into this house by the pool. Some people were saying it was an NFL player that was hosting. NFL player said he had nothing to do with it. Some people are saying it's members of some gang or the other. No idea. But same thing, the cops couldn't break it up. They were just outside issuing tickets. Like, okay, obviously people were, so many people were there that are not supposed to be. So people were parked on the streets, all of that issuing citations and just kind of waiting around. Media, you know, outlets, news, TV stations were all there trying to figure out what is happening. They even had helicopters because obviously those ones can go, you know, above recording what was happening. You see all these black people just all over the place, just having a good time, not caring. And it was a Monday. It wasn't a public holiday. Do these people not have jobs? Even if you're working from home, I mean, you want me to believe you're in the pool party, just chilling, you know, your leg in the pool and you're pressing your laptop. No. So I don't know what is going on. I don't know if there's an event. I mean, honestly, this is beyond me. But as, I don't know, I don't want to say as God will have it, shots rang out at the mansion party in LA. One person died, a 35-year-old woman, four people injured. And of course, that gave the police probable cause to go in and scatter the party. Obviously, black people now, when they had gunshots, people started running. And honestly, we keep saying black lives matter, black lives matter. <laughs> I don't want to be that person, but um, how important are black lives really to black people? Do black lives only matter when it's white people that are snuffing the life out? Or, because that was the argument a lot of white people kept bringing up, like, and some African people, if black lives really matter, why is there a lot of black on black crime? Why is there? Let's leave that one now. This is actually self-inflicted. You by yourself doing yourself. Carried yourself. You're even paying money to go somewhere. And I completely understand we've been in lockdown since March. We haven't gone now. We haven't. Will you? Uh, did you die? No. So now you're so desperate for an event that you're willing to risk your life and the life of everybody else around you because a lot of these people you know how black people and i love them live with you know auntie grandma mom child this one is sick that one is ill this one has diabetes high blood pressure and you don't care that black people are more susceptible to this thing and are high risk you're literally like mm, i'm gonna go out and party yes you know i just need to turn up i need to post on my social media things need to be lit i don't know black people need to do better I just, I don't want to say something that I can't take back, but that's just a summary. Black people need to do better. Enough of black people. The king of Spain, former king of Spain, Juan Carlos, 82 years of age, has absconded from the country. 
Why, you might ask? Let me give you a little bit of the gist. So there is an investigation going on about a $100 million scam, fraud scam, while he was the reigning king of Spain. So he reigned for four decades, which is what, 40 years? And in 2014, he was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm not dead. Because you know how usually for a king or queen or whatever in monarchy, the king or whoever queen that is on the throne has to die and then their heir parents will ascend the throne. So he was like, you know what? I'm not dead. I'm still alive. I think I've tried. 40 years is enough. Let me step down so that my son can, you know, get a chance, rule, all that, all that. Which that alone, I think, is a great thing. And you see that a lot of times in some places where people are like, hmm. I've had enough. Let me step down so that my child can start, you know. <laughs> Nigerian people, you know how far now. Even the ones that is not monarchy is people that voted for them or they messed up the ballots and forced their way in. They will get there and refuse to leave. It's on to family events. You want to rule. After that, you want to put your son. After that, I want to put your son-in-law, then your grandson, then your wife's brother. Then Absurd, absurd, absurd. But anyway, he abdicated the throne for his son. On Monday, he sent a letter, official letter to his son, like, you know what? This thing is causing too much drama, issues or problems. There's a lot of pressure on you as the reigning king now. Let me take away that, you know, burden. I am leaving the country. As Nigerians would say, J for Jaka, the guy, <laughs> his son got the letter that day. They said before the end of that day, my guy had left. So meaning he had packed his bag, booked his tickets. Of course, you're not just going to go into exile without having a plan. He had probably had a plan, figured out where he was going to go. People are saying he's in Dominican Republic. You can't just arrive there. You've bought tickets. You've, it's not even a hotel because if you're exiled, that means you're not planning to come back to Spain. And who knows how long you live. So you bought a property. You've made arrangements. You've moved money. You've, you know, all of that. And then told his son. Me thinks his son knew, you know, family events privately, but officially. He wrote that letter on Monday. Jackpot the same day. If you're not Nigerian, you're like, what's Jackpot? Jackpot, what does she keep saying? Pretty much means to run, to avoid, to terminate, abort the mission. Just <laughs> imagine you're in a plane and the thing starts nosediving. You're like, you know what? J for Jackpa. You jump out. Hopefully you have a parachute that is working. You land safely to Jesus be your glory. Yes. Why am I bringing this up? You guys are like, uh, fam, sis, why do we care? We don't live in Spain. Well, he's not even the king anymore. I'm bringing this up because... People always assume or want to think that corruption only happens in Africa or in developing countries, which is a lie of the devil. Happens everywhere. In developed countries or Western countries, they're just more, would I say, respectful of the people and maybe of their reputation. They hide and package it well. So here in the United States, there's a lot of corruption in government, in office. A lot you're seeing now with the president and, you know, deals and Russia and so many things that you're hearing. And using powers for personal use. But for whatever reason, Africans get the rap as, oh, corruption, corruption, corruption. I think it's just because they don't respect us. That's why Nigerian government will tell people that 60-something million or 80-something million was swallowed by a snake. And that's that. That's the end of that story. Nobody's investigating. Nobody's looking in. Nobody's getting in trouble. Nobody's getting fired. We move on and the looting and the foolishness continues. So anyway... For it to be happening in Spain is just a reminder that corruption happens everywhere. This amount of money or this 100 million was a bribe, pretty much. 
that the government of Saudi Arabia gave to Juan Carlos when he was a king because they wanted to get a high-speed rail contract. So that's the backstory of that. And you know how I like, I like developed countries for that reason. When something is happening, they might keep quiet, they might not say anything. But with time, you know, people will be investigating journalists, their blood will be hot. They're like, we need to find out. We need the truth. We deserve the truth. We need to get to the bottom of this. So when he was king, of course, he can't be prosecuted. You know, he has immunity. Unfortunately, when he steps out of that position, then it's now open to anything goes. So people have been building their case, doing research over the years, and things were getting heightened because they're like, okay, the present king has to do something, has to comment on it, has to ask them to launch an investigation, you know. And his dad was like, no, son, I will protect thee. I will carry the shame and run away. And he has gone to the Dominican Republic to live island life, sipping cool drinks, by the beach, chilling in the white sand. That's not much of an exile. Maybe for an old person it is, because of course, the older you get, the closer you want to be to home. You're missing home. You don't speak the language where you are, your family, the food, etc., etc. I don't know how he's going to do it. Who knows how much longer he's going to live. But yes, that is the story, guys. Corruption is everywhere. Some of you are even corrupt. You cheat on exams. You cheat on your significant other. You lie on social media. You lie to your parents. You is corrupt as well. Yes, I know that's wrong English. Point being, it's not only Africa. Stop condemning us. Let's stop condemning ourselves. Should we ask for better? Yes. Should we hold our leaders accountable? Yes. But remember, corruption is everywhere. I feel like it's a part of politics, no matter how you try to look at it, which is unfortunate. Guys, ha ha ha. Look at God. I said this was going to be a short one, and here we are. This will be the shortest one so far. Let me not get carried away and Satan will not drag me to one hour. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me again. Please, please, please don't forget to join the conversation and become a part of the Ban Fam on Instagram at Bansam Motivation. Let me spell it out for you so you don't have any excuse or reason not to follow on Instagram. B-A-M-T-S-A-N-D-M-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram. You can also send me an email, bantamotivation at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with at least three people this week. Please, 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 guys, so we can grow the BAM Nation. Be kind to yourself this week. Be kind to others. Be safe. And most importantly, believe that something good will happen this week. Believe it. Receive it. Until next week. Bye.